This is the Arise Ministries Collective Podcast, where we seek to equip and encourage the body of Christ in biblical truth and understanding. We believe that when women have an authentic and growing relationship with Jesus Christ, truly know God's Word, and are dependent on the Holy Spirit, they become powerful and influential vessels for the Kingdom. I'm your host, Lisa DeSilva, and joining me again is homeschool mother of five, Angie Forrester. We were privileged to speak with Angie in our last podcast episode, so if you didn't have a chance to listen to that one, go ahead and find it on our website. We talked there about some of the options that we have for schooling options this September and talked about how we can really dive in and know that we are doing the holy hard work of Christ. But today we wanted to gain a bit more practical insight from Angie as we figure out how we can best cope and even thrive with our sudden online at-home education right now. We thought that we'd be over this, but here we are again to talk about possible strategies and uh, things that can make us successful. So welcome, Angie. Thank you. And I just really want you to dive right in. So we are back to where we thought we would be gone from. Right. We never (laughs) thought this would go so long, right? We really didn't. And we're hearing all kinds of things. People are on social media. People are tuning into board meetings, even that some school districts are making public. And you and I are getting lots of questions, lots of feedbacks. We're, We're talking to women and we're sensing a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of uncertainty heading into September. And so in our last episode, we talked about how we can find peace moving forward. Right. And you offered some tips on that. We chatted about that. And you also talked about what are some of the options available. And there are more specifics about that on last episode's website post. So people can go there and take a look. But today, um, whether people have chosen to fully homeschool, whether their kids are in some sort of a cohort, so they're going to school two or three days a week, home at school two days a week, uh, whether someone is doing more of an unschooling, non-traditional at-home model, or doing online education, remote learning, we need your help. You've been doing this for... 10 years. 10 mm-hmm. years. You do it well. And so I asked you to give us some tips for how we can be successful at home. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I feel really honored, actually. Let's begin with just the fact that, mamas, you can do this. I know it is hard. And I know that this year um, is going to pose new challenges that you haven't faced before. And like I've said um, in the last podcast, also exciting things. Uh, you're going to draw in closer to your family and your kids, no matter what your schedule is looking like. Um, Just because so many other social things have closed up and dried up for this season, it's a great opportunity for us to um, dive in closer as a family. So just practically speaking, there are a lot of options, but your schedule is going to look different than it has in the past. You're probably going to be home a lot more. Your house is going to get messier. Um, you're going to deal with character issues that you were able to maybe 
just be too busy to deal with. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't see them because they were see at them school. Before, yeah. Right? And, and that could be even in your marriage. It could be with your kids. You know, it's different. Um, my husband's home right now and we love it. But it's also bringing up things where we're like, oh, we need to work on this. This is something we have avoided for a long time. So um, you're going to be dealing with new things this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming up with a strategy, a game plan, that's the first step. So if you have um, kids that are even even young, even first graders, you know, if you could sit down and have a family meeting, that's where I would start. I would begin with a so family start meeting. start with a family meeting. Yep. This is what this year is going to look like. Um, and we talked about in the last podcast some of your options if you choose to homeschool. And we might get to talk a little bit more about that. But um, begin with a family meeting. My kids love it. Uh, one of my kids loves to write on the whiteboard. So, man, we bring out a shower board from Home Depot that we cut down um, and we write out our plans, right? Our, our schedule, what our plans are going to be. And uh, when we're doing well, when we're doing this well, when we're not always, <laughs> we try to do it on Sunday evenings just to kind of reiterate what's going on. This is what what's happening this week. These are some of the expectations and, and whatnot. So I'd begin with that and ask the kids, what do they want this year? They have an opportunity to change things up. So, man, do they want to learn some learn about something new? Do they want to take on a family project? What what's going to work for your family? And I think that's a good place to start. And then the practical: How are we going to keep the kitchen clean? How are we going to keep food on the table when we're all home and using the kitchen all day? So that would be step one. Okay, so step one: Have a family. Meeting. meeting. We will pray for you in advance as you do that. I'm sure lots of opinions will be flying around and it's okay to have sure. opinions. Yep. 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 If they're spoken yeah. respectfully. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So family meeting. And then I would um, move into from the family meeting, you're going to come up with a schedule and a plan, right? And so your schedule and your plan uh, is going to look different depending on what schooling option you use. I, I just kind of wanted to break down really quickly If you have a first through third grader, you're likely going to need about two and a half hours a day to educate them. Uh, And this is a ballpark. It could be different uh, for you, but that's kind of what we've we've found at our house. It's about two and a half hours. But very parent-led. Very parent-led. Hands-on time. Yep. I sit at the kitchen table for two and a half hours every day. Then when you have, say, um, maybe a a fourth through sixth grader-ish, about three and a half to four hours a day. Uh, that's because I add in more writing curriculum and um, and some of those other things that take up a little bit more time for them to sit and do. And, and they have some independent reading and things like that that they, that they do. But typically, it's about three and a half to four hours at that point. And then when you come to junior high and high school, it's typically about six hours a day. Uh, it could be less, but um, if they take music or anything like that, we... we we plan on six hours a day. Okay. okay? So that just kind of gives you kind a of a ballpark. Part, yeah, hefty part of the day. A hefty part of the day. And if you think about it as a parent, you need to be available for your kids during those hours. But really, you probably need to be very present with homeschooling really for only a couple hours a day. There's other things that they can do that are self-educating things uh, where they're reading or, or taking off with their math. And they may need to come and ask you questions, but they may not actually need 
your help. And independence is good. So yeah. having, you know, you don't always have to, oh, mamas, you don't always have to be there hovering no. over their shoulder. So having some of that independent time with the fourth to sixth graders and junior high, high schoolers yeah. is good. It's healthy even. And online, even if you decide to do a full homeschool curriculum, there are online math tutors. Uh, we've talked about just utilizing your community. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe somebody's good at math and they could help instruct your student uh, with math or science or an area that you don't feel as confident. That would be great utilize those right. things borrow people Ex- do do exchanges you yeah. might be able to do some science naturey things and someone else will do the math you might do with physical education and someone else is doing absolutely yeah. so when you think about your student schedule for the year you're going to want to keep in mind these hours of of study and then from there we develop a check sheet in our family so each kid has a a clipboard with their daily responsibilities um, starting with their family contributions and then their their study subjects. Even my little kids like to do it. They probably don't need to. You know, the older ones are more independent and I like to check in on it. The younger kids really love checking things off the list. And in fact, I mean, are you like this? I write a list and if I forgot to put something on it, I will write it on and still cross and it off. And check it off later. I should I be a better it. list writer. I need lists in my life. But absolutely, I'm the one that adds things that I do yeah. later. Okay. Yeah. So I do that. <laughs> and so our kids need that structure. They need yeah. to kind of know, okay, this is what I can do. And and I allow my students, my children, to swap their, their day around. So if they want to do math first or the third subject, that's up to them as long as they complete uh, their responsibilities. Yeah, and some kids doing online ed, depending on how that's structured, they might not be able to do uh, that. Right. But um, I think having that structure is so, so important just to know what they what their expectations are. Ange, can I ask you a question? Yeah. On this checklist, you said their family responsibilities. What might mm-hmm. some of those be? What does that look like? Yeah, in our family, we, we use our home all the time. So um, our youngest child he feeds the cat and dog and makes sure that they have water um we actually have a rotating schedule in our home so that everybody's on kitchen one week out of the month and it rotates and so if you're not on kitchen then you're on living room and for, uh, you know entryway we have like playroom so that's a zone so we have these family contribution zones and they're responsible for that throughout the day and at the end of the day, before free time. And then the know, next week, it might... It rotates rotate. to the next child. Okay. So I'm just reiterating here. So we heard that the first thing that you would suggest we do is have the family meeting. And in the family meeting, you even said, okay, now we're all living in the house, all together all the time. It's going to get messier. We're going to have these things that need to be done. So then those things that you guys decide on as a family that are things that have to get done, that gets added to... Yes. The family checklist yes. or the student checklist, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we're doing little checklists. That's worked for you. What else do we do? And you guys, we will put these hours, recommended hours of learning on the website. Too, yeah, so you can that'd check be great. To that. I, I remember when I first started homeschooling thinking, I wish I could just be a fly on the wall for a time to understand what this looks like because it doesn't necessarily look like traditional school and uh, it might but it might not. So it really depends on you and your family and what you uh, like best. Something I didn't mention, but but it's that you need to choose what style of homeschooling you want to do or what what learning program you want to do for the year, obviously. That's yeah, like, and let's set this preface for a minute. 
all of us are homeschooling this year in one capacity or another. Right. Uh, even if you are simply supervising, right. we are at home mm-hmm. more often than we ever have been doing schooling. Right. Okay. So you have some ways that that might manifest itself. Yeah. So if you have, if you do the more traditional route, you're, it's going to be really clear for you on what things need to be done daily. If you choose to, to come up with your own um, system, say you're wanting to use some Charlotte Mason, which I talked about in the last podcast, or a classical education, you may need to sit down and spend a week this summer, which is coming to an end, and start thinking about what, how am I going to map this out to December? You know, just kind of think about the first quarter of the year or so, you know, just right past Thanksgiving. How am I going to map this out? What are we going to try? What are some things that I'd really like to teach my children this year? And I would encourage you to think about some character qualities that you'd like to really teach your children this year, because what an opportunity Mm. um, to be going over some character qualities. And then you'll need to order your books. So if if the school's providing them for you, you may be getting a tablet. Uh, If you are planning on homeschooling with one of the more traditional programs, they come all in one box. If you're deciding to do um, kind of your own plan, and we're going to actually put some links to these Mm -hmm. online, you're going to need to order some living books and some history books and some math curriculum, and you're going to need to think that through a little bit. Now, I wanted to encourage you, though, uh, we were just talking about the sending home of tablets. Mm, It is such a a cool resource. Mm -hmm. It's such a cool resource, and I just want to encourage you that you are the guardian of your home. And if your student has a tablet I, I hope that you're mindful that those do not have parental controls. And it's very easy for our children to get in over their heads beyond where they should be um, looking and studying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just, just keep that in your mind. Yeah. And I think there can even be a shift in verbiage. Perhaps if we didn't refer to the tablets as our child's tablet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so-and-so, go grab your tablet it's a tablet that they're using right the ownership belongs to you while that tablet is in the home right and you have the right as a parent you know so often i hear uh well i don't want to invade their privacy and mamas uh, um i get that and that's beautiful um but sometimes our kids need guidance in what is kept private and what is not. And so you have the ability to know those passwords. There shouldn't be passwords that you don't know. Right. And to have the ultimate uh, control over that. Set up some sort of structure that works for you and your family of where the tablet should be, um, how they should be used, and have the conversation. And you know what? Chances are our children are going to find something that they know they shouldn't be on, mm-hmm. right? So open the conversation before it happens. Maybe so this can be part of the family This could meeting. be part of the family meeting. Yeah. We are now using electronics in a way we've never used them before. What would be some guidelines? What happens if we see something or we get on a website that we know we probably shouldn't be on? Mm-hmm. You know, come to your parents first. We're on your team. We care deeply about your development and right. we want to be here with you. If, if you stumble into something that you shouldn't have. So 
so I think addressing that right away is really important this year as we're doing more and more uh, independent study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point, Ange. I think that the next thing you're going to want to do is come up with a school area. And we were just talking about tablets. So um, are we going to have our our electronics? Where are we going to do it? Sometimes it works best for the kids to be working out of their bedrooms because they're on Zoom calls and they need it quiet and things like that. So setting up a work area. It could be turning your playroom corner into a more traditional classroom setting um, or an office. We have an office in our home that we have desks at and certain children love to work in there because they like it quiet. But when I do school with the two younger boys, it's at the kitchen table and they just have the Ikea rolling carts that come out with all their books and we just do school wherever we are. Find out what's practical for you. We all have different size homes. Mm -hmm. We all have children with different needs and abilities. And so we want to accommodate for that. So set up a system that's going to work for each of your kids. Right, right. And that might take a little bit of flexibility at the beginning. I know for us as a family, there Mm -hmm. was one point where all four of us were home. There are only four of us in total, but everyone needed a quiet space. Right. And it was so funny how someone would just peek out of their room to show someone else, like, I'm in the middle of a Zoom call here, and I'm supposed to be sharing, and you guys all have to be quiet, right? right? So it takes a little bit of learning and navigating and that's okay give yourself grace to figure it out right when we moved on to zoom for our homeschool classes last year we didn't have enough microphones and and video cameras and so then we're trying to swap them between computers really fast and it was it was a little chaotic we're going to be more prepared this school year right and we're going to have better systems in place and so creating those systems and those spaces to work is going to help you be successful this year Now, here's another thing. Actively engage and be interested in your child's learning. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. It is huge. We have an opportunity this year that we haven't had before. Right. We get to listen in. We get to know what it is that they're studying. And I think uh, whether your children are doing remote learning, cohort learning, or completely at home on school where you're in charge of it and overseeing it, in any of the scenarios that the fall will bring us, yeah, we get to be more present. Mm-hmm. And I think we can choose to look at that as a negative or, wow, I get to see my child's papers. Right. I get to see what they're learning and ask questions about it and maybe even plan some additional field trips or exposure to supplement right. that learning. Right. Well, I know one thing I've challenged myself with is as my kids go up through junior high and high school, I read every chapter book that they have to read. Because in reading these living books, we can talk about character Mm -hmm. qualities. We can talk about people not having enough food or people living in communist Germany or whatever might come up because we've both read the book. Absolutely. And I think when your child, especially, my kids did this a lot when they were in intermediate and middle school where they would read a fascinating book and bring it home for me and say mom you have to read this and the very best thing I can do to support their education and affirm their excitement and passion for their learning is to read the book right and to talk to them about it you know now that my kids are in high school the books they want me to read are so long (laughs) and tedious it takes a bit of an extra effort Right. So I'm not going to lie and say I do it all the time, but there are some that 
I'll yeah. read along. And there are some great resources. Um, there's a book company or a homeschool resource company. It's called Exodus Books, but they carry, and I'm, and I know you can get it other places. They carry books that help you ask questions about books. Mm. You know, they just, it'll go through a whole series of books if you're trying to pick out good books for your kids for the year. Um, and then it can help you, guide you in what are leading questions? What are things that we could be um, looking into from here? How could we springboard this idea? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So, so be active. Be a part of what your child is learning. We have an opportunity this year like no other. Yeah. And the next thing that we can look at is making fun memories. It fits right in with being engaged with what the students are learning, right? Making fun memories, taking field trips, going on hikes. I took the kids on a national park tour. I mean, that may not be available this year, but I'm just saying I did that. It was so fun. We took some time off and we went and did these national parks together. It's forever a wonderful memory. Yeah, but even But it could just be at the lake. It could just be, we live on the Columbia River, there's the fish hatchery right there. It can be uh, the waterworks place. You know, um, it could go wa- go watch planes take off mm. as a family. Figure some things out that you could do as a family adventure. Sometimes we just make hot chocolate and go for a drive in the middle of winter at night just for fun. Yeah, yeah. So just coming up with something that you um, would make memories this year. Um, and we're going to have to be creative. Yes. Because not a lot of things We're really not open. Are, are open. No. Um, and, you know, it's so funny because I hear us saying these things and I'm, I'm reminded of our first podcast that we did about this when we first found out the school <laughs> would be canceled. And you and I were so cute. We're like, you have an opportunity to have the best time, do all these things. <laughs> and, and I had the best time until the first week of June. And then I was so over it. So I just want the mamas who are listening. When Angie and I are like, yay, Yay. go do these fun things. We know it's hard. And we know that your kids might be struggling. We know that you might be struggling. Mm -hmm. And so I guess we're just saying whether you are thriving in this environment or you feel like you're barely surviving, Something that may make it better than it could have been is doing small little things. Right. Right. So that you have some fond moments in the day that are different than what you would have had if your kids were in the traditional system last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. I know my um, friend, one of my friends, her husband is German. And so they like to have their coffee and cookie in, at three o'clock, I think it is in the afternoon. You know, I don't think they're even consistent with it, but when they do it, they'll do it for maybe a month at a time or whatever. You know how it is in life. Yeah. And the kids just love it and they'll always remember it. So coming up with something. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Right. And then when you get bored of it, switch to something switch else. Switch to something new. <laughs> Volleyball. Right. I don't know. Right. Find some different things, but what a, it. You're right. It it is taking more intentional uh, inten- in, intention right now to do fun things because honestly, I almost feel like I had gotten lazy. It was easier for my husband and I to go on a date out to dinner and then back home than it is to think, okay, let's go on a hike and we'll do, you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. It's it takes more and more creativity 
to live this way, but I think it's, we're better for it in some ways. Right. I think we need to persevere because also as you're saying these things, I'm thinking I have two teenagers. Sometimes sometimes it's a struggle to convince them that the thing that the four of us are going to do together will <laughs> actually be fun right. or the thing that I'm going to do alone with them will uh-huh. actually be fun, right. but we persevere because family is important and right. we have these opportunities. Okay. I love mm-hmm. that. So have fun and make memories. Mm-hmm. And then we have give and accept grace. That's a huge, huge one. Especially among women. Why? Why do you say that? Do you dress for the <laughs> men in the room or do you dress for the women in the room, right? Yeah. I mean, I think as ladies, so quickly compare ourselves. And we're just spending way too much time thinking about ourselves because we love each other. We love each other. And I am proud of my friends. I'm proud of the way that they do their life. I don't need to be like them. I can be me and I can be thankful that they are who they are as well. Mm -hmm. And so this is an area that I think many of us can grow in. Um, And I think when I look back, my 30s, it was harder, my early 30s, than it is now to accept who I am and my giftings and then allow grace for where I'm not gifted and be thankful I have friends that are good at those things. Like teaching Latin. Right. <laughs> or whatever. Your, your friend can I'm, teach Latin. My friend can do that. And I'm so proud of her for being so quick with the language. I don't need I don't need to feel bad because I'm not quick with that language. Right. And I think a beautiful thing about living in these communities with one another, having these friendships, is in giving ourselves grace, we so much more easily can extend grace to Mm -hmm. others. And let's not be a sisterhood of women that compare in the negative way. You know, I think that I think there was a time there where I heard people completely getting rid of the whole comparison thing. Sometimes there is healthy comparison right. where I look at my sisters in Christ friends as, um, oh, wow. Do you know what? That is going to spur me on. Right. That is going to spur me on. And with her help and with her encouragement, I hope that I can treat my kids that same way. Right. Oh, look at what she's doing. And it doesn't have to be... an have a negative effect on me it can actually have a positive effect right I want to surround myself with women that inspire me I want to and maybe even do things differently than you so that you can learn yeah and grow and so we give ourselves grace in this process because none of us are experts you're more of an expert than the rest of us but we're learning right so we give ourselves grace yeah and we give one another Grace. Grace. And guess what? Who else do we give grace to? Our Our children. Our children. Because this is going to be hard on them, too. Mm -hmm. I think about my niece, who was a senior this last year, and um, they didn't do a graduation, really. You know, they they had a few. They did set something up, but it wasn't what they were expecting. And now looking at college, she's thinking, is it all going to be online? Is she even going to get to go? Is she going to get to go? Some of the scholar, the one of the scholarship things got kind of pulled. Yeah. I mean, things are in transition, yeah. and they're disappointing. And and you know what? We've come to learn how to deal with disappointments, but our young people, this may be their first big disappointment. I mean, of course, you know they have the disappointment of family rules and guidelines and that kind of thing, but this might be their first real disappointment. We need to be 
gracious to them through that. Mm-hmm. That's tough stuff, but that that's something that we can also encourage one another in and, and spur one another on in is encouraging us to have more grace for right. our kids. I need that all the time because I think, oh, they should be able to do these things or that's not a big deal, um, minimizing sometimes their pain and their experience. So Being in the Word is the the backbone to extending grace. Because if I don't remember who I am, then I cannot give the grace that I need to give to In my children. In need of God's great mercy yeah. each and every day. Right. And so we extend that mercy to our children and the people around us. Mm-hmm. And then last we have on here, and this is huge for this um, season, we make Christ the center of what we're doing here at home and what might that look like and you've done this uh, you know some of us some of us oh I I'm gonna admit this I mean that is when I'm in the hustle and bustle of mourning and I've just been used to sending my kids off to school mm-hmm. at you know 645 one of so, them yeah. catches a bus I sometimes lack Christ being the center of my kids' education because they leave my home in the morning. So bring this back to a focal point for me. What does this look like now that my kids are either homeschooling, online learning, remote learning, cohort looking? Give me some practical tips for this. You know, I think that my practical tip is it's going to happen throughout the day. Um, even homeschooling, we get busy and we get out of practice of making Christ the center of our home. But when I, when we're having issues with each other, when we're dealing with character things, we can attend to them quickly and we bring the Lord in, in those conversations. We start every morning with Bible time. Um, where each we read a chapter of the Bible and each of the kids read. Um, it's very simple, but we pray together. And I think praying together creates a vulnerability mm. with each other um, because, you know, our kids want to get along. They want to love each other well, but the, but it takes a lot of intention. And so throughout the day, then we continue addressing those things. Hey, this is something you, you mentioned that you wanted to work on. How is this showing Christ's love to your family member or this or you know those kinds of character things and it brings us closer to him and it brings us closer to each other mm-hmm. so just keep praying pray and read your bible read your yeah bible. i think let's just once again acknowledge because we have not um, done that this in the other episode or in this one women we have got to make sure that we are sound in the word Right. Uh, before we we try to minister to our That's families. Right. And we're the keepers of our home. Mm-hmm. We are, and we create the culture within the walls of our home. And that can be scary and discouraging. It can be uh, sobering. But God has equipped you to this work. Whatever this year looks like, he's equipped you. Mm-hmm. And so... Pursue the Lord, pursue his word, and he is going to be beside you through all of this. So thank you, Angie, for joining us 
once again to ease our minds to help us work through what September might look like. And again, this is the second part of a two-part series, the first one, where we look at some of the possible options and just present a model for how we can let go of some of our fear and anxiety heading into September. And then uh, this is the second one of those two episodes looking at some more practical solutions for what our time together might look like in the fall. And check out our website for both episodes because it will give additional resources and links to take you to some of the places that Angie mentioned. Thank you, Lisa. Hey, this is Lisa De Silva again, and it is my absolute honor to be the co-founder and director of Arise. As a listener, reader, workshop participant, podcast guest, writer, whatever it is you do alongside us, you are an active member of this community. It's why we called it a collective, and we're so glad to have you as a vital part of it. Our prayer is that everything we do at Arise will serve as an encouragement and resource as you grow in your own understanding of the word draw near to Christ, and share conversations with women about glorifying God through their own spiritual journey. Arise Ministries Collective is a non-profit ministry operating on the generous donations of people like you. We simply can't do what we do without you. And as we grow and begin to reach more women for God's kingdom purpose, so does our need for financial support. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring monthly tax-deductible gift, click the donate button on our website to give and be sure to include your email and mailing address so we can stay in touch and send you a year-end receipt for your generosity. Thank you for supporting Arise Ministries Collective. To God be the glory.